I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the Edugals podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Anyway, um, all right. You feel ready to get this thing officially started? Yep. Okay. Hello. This is, that sounded stupid. This is always so hard. I hate, I hate, I hate starting these. Hello, um, everybody. Okay, you start it. I always, I hate this. It sounds so artificial and weird. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Transparency and Teaching. I just hate that. It sounds yeah. dumb. Welcome to Tits, you guys. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Guess what? Tits are back. It's time. It's tea time. What time is it? We're teeing off at episode 31. It's tea time. We're teeing off T-I-T-S. Here we go. Ready, rocking and rolling. (laughs) Who's with us today? Oh, why don't you try to guess? We've got Anne. Hi. Of course. Yes, it's me. She's our fearless leader. And Sharon. Yo. I don't hear any uh any clicking oh, of a you know, can top. Oh, look, that is <laughs> no, I'm not. You're, you're look, slacking. Here, I know you can't see in here's or, my <laughs> Captain America cup and I've got oh. here. Oh. Whatever she's drinking uh-huh. is gonna give her superpowers uh-huh. today. You guys, are, you guys are in for it. Stuff. And of course And of course myself, Jen the fabulous it's the trio it's the mirquois of podcasts (laughs) (laughs) we got a little little peppery over here we got a little sweet over here yeah that's Anne. she's 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 the sweet i don't know what i am i'm in the middle you're the party jen's the party yeah Anne's definitely the sweet one or not sharon's the gives the gives it the spice and everything nice. And Jen adds the party. Yeah, Jen's the party <laughs> for everything nice. <laughs> that was a very good introduction, Jen. Thirty-one. What's our topic? Why everyone's bailing ship? Everybody's yeah. taking off, going fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Yeah, teaching sucks. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, this is so positive. It really makes people want to be teachers. Yeah, who wants to keep listening? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but you know what? Okay. Okay. So we're talking about teaching teacher shortages today. And which is a serious problem. It is a serious yeah. problem. And teaching is a serious occupation mm-hmm. that doesn't get its due. And that's why there's a problem. It's not that we're saying that nobody should be teachers. It, we're saying that teachers need to be treated way better than they are. There's just needs to be, if you, if all these people who say that they respect education and education is so important and education is the future of our country, nobody's putting their, their money where their mouth is or their actions where their mouth is. They just, it's, it's just disintegrating public education right now. And that's what we're about. That's why we're here. We're here to say, look, if you don't respect teachers or if you don't give teachers the due that they're that they need, then you're not going to have education. You're you're not going to have public education. It's going to be gone. It's going to be everybody's responsibility to find things on their own. And mm-hmm. you know how that's going to go. Yeah, but don't you don't you kind of think that like that's the agenda for 
quite a few people in power. It's like, let's keep them fucking stupid so they don't know shit and feed them these lies that they can <laughs> quote unquote believe in because of how they feel. And that'll be our new truth. And then we can control them because we'll be feeding into their insecurities and telling them their insecurities are okay. Well, boy, mm -hmm. that's a really insidious thoughts. That, but that just, um, that just got deep. I, <laughs> I should just cut deep right there. I'm at the I, bottom of the pool on that one. But I think it, I think there's some I think there's some truth in that. You know, they they talk mm -hmm. about how educators are indoctrinators now, and we're you know we're throwing oh, children yeah. out particular agendas that uh, one side or the other doesn't approve of. But it just seems to me that once the more educated you become the more you see the things that are true because you, you know how to find the truth. I also think that because someone said that in uh, some Facebook post and some teacher said something in there, like brother said, ah, you've been drinking the juice, Roger. Why are the teachers? Nikes? Yeah. Why are they all liberal? Blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking about it because obviously that, well, not obviously, but there's not how I grew up. Right. Because if I was still believing the way I grew up, I'd be probably part of that group because that sounds like my dad, right? <laughs> um, so, so why is it that I'm not like that? And I've been thinking about it and thinking about it. And I don't think I've been indoctrinated by any organization or my teaching credential or anything like that. I think it's really come about of just all of these years of working with all of these diverse cultures and families that I wasn't exposed to never, you know, didn't have exposure to a lot of poverty growing up and, um, just like listening to them and, and, and then, and then understanding their struggles. And then of course, all the fucking shit I went through with, you know, fuck face and, um, all that and dealing with the courts and dealing with, you know, you know, child investigations and all that shit. It just gives you a better understanding of what they're going through and it makes you more understanding, I think. For our for our one listener, um, fuckface is um, <laughs> Karen's ex-husband. Just, just so they're clear on. <laughs> to. As my as my neighbor said to me today, the most toxic man fabulous. he's ever met. I was like, oh, oh god. god. Whoa. I know. But it's true. I think that's a really good point, Sharon. Um, especially for a lot of us who grew up in a nice white upbringing upper middle class family then all of a sudden now you're working with people who are not that privileged or not from the same background as you are it does open your mind to like inequities and and things that are out there that people who aren't who are living in their bubble may not realize or understand so right. i think that's that's a that's a good point and and i do believe that more educated you are the more you are exposed to those things you right. see those things you've studied those things you read about those things where if you aren't in that situation, you live in your little cozy world and you are you believe everything on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all you, that's what you see. That's you don't experience anything firsthand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good point. So um, we're not trying to sit here and say teaching's a horrible position or profession. It's not, it's an awesome profession. It's the most, in, in my opinion, the most important profession that there is. There, it, there is no future without good, highly educated, thoughtful, empathetic people. And that's what education does. 
but the way we're going right now and the the teacher shortages that are all over the news right now are a symptom of a disease i feel right. like yeah. that's that yes. yeah right good now. absolutely you know good so- verbal vomit i like it yes <laughs> yeah. disease hallelujah yes. speak the truth it it is true um and if you look at the news they're they're talking about various places um and this is uh, this is just a selection of what i saw online about as far as where uh, some examples of teacher shortages and how I'm sure bad it is. If you, yes. if you went and researched every single state, I'm sure you'd find this, these numbers across your, your research. But just for an example in Nevada, currently for this school year uh, at um, the reporting of, you know, as of now, there was like 3000 teaching jobs that are not fulfilled. California. In 17 schools, 3,000 yeah, out of 17 yeah. schools. Yeah. In, oh, that's right. In, seven, in the that's state, 17 school districts, probably. And in California, 50,000. 50,000. 50, unfilled teaching jobs for this coming school year. 50,000. Illinois. I believe it. We've got like five just at our school. Yeah. Crazy. Oh my yeah. God, we have so many at our school. Yeah. It's, I, it's sad. I don't know how you're going to start school year. What'd they say in Illinois? Um, they're having, uh, there was like 2000, over 2000 teacher openings were either, uh, filled, uh, with less than qualified teachers or they're still <laughs> empty, you know, uh, Houston, less than qualified teachers. That means, Hey, ice cream, man, you want to do this instead? Fuck. <laughs> Are you tired of slinging popsicles? You could be a teacher. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of getting to that point, really, you know, um, in, in Houston, in the Houston area, the largest five school districts are all reporting between 200 and 1000 open teaching positions. In Florida, the Education Association says there's at least 8000 teacher vacancies this year up from five, um, there was 5000 last year, and there's 8000 this year. <laughs> Hello, 3000. Call, call in and let us know what happened to you. <laughs> That's more than 50%. Where did you go? Why? Oh my God. It's more than a 50% increase, man. It's because they don't, that's because they didn't have to mask up. They all like, you know, decided it was unsafe. Wisconsin's Madison school district is still working to find 199 teacher vacancies and like 124 non-teaching positions. So that's like custodians, yeah. bus drivers. It's not even just teachers. It's right. We've got yeah. a lot of shortages in the other areas too. Yeah. Yep. Same it, with us. It's bad. Um, and that's in one city. That's one yeah. city, Madison. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not even a big city. That's, that's like, okay, it's, whatever. It is so bad out there. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, Jen, at our, um, at our school. Oh, I mean, at your school now. Ah, you're retired. <laughs> at, um, at your school where you're teaching, you just said what, there's five still positions unfilled? Yeah. yeah. At the, and school starts the 22nd. And I will spill some tea right here. Uh, there are some teachers. We're going to start school in uh, two weeks. And two weeks. there's some teachers still actively um, interviewing at other places as we speak. (laughs) So five, it might not be five by the day, by the time school actually starts, it might be more. Be 25. (laughs) Oh Lord. I would think, you know, aren't, aren't parents concerned 
about who's who or who's teaching your your kids you know have you have you explored that in your school district parents have you looked at what's happening and then finding out why i'm i'm wondering how many parents even really know that though you know what I, I mean? I don't think it's something, I don't think districts advertise. No, it's definitely not advertised unless you go and, you know, find the numbers, do the research yourself. Parents don't know this stuff, I bet. No. Maybe but, some do, but majority doesn't do not. But even like when the kids start, at least for the upper grades, like they don't go home and go, oh yeah, we started with no teacher. Like, yeah. You know, they should, they they might not even, they might not even know because like, if you're starting the year as a sub, like, are you really going to tell them you're a sub? Uh, I wouldn't, not if I'm a long-term sub, I'd just be like, okay, here I am. Here's the job. This is what we're doing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm subbing for your teacher who you haven't met yet, who might be back this year, but might not. Well, that's like, that's like when you go like an elementary school and you walk your kids over a couple of, you know, days before school starts and the list posted on the wall. And it has your teacher's oh, name. It has all the kids. Are, yeah. And then I've seen it though before where it says unknown. Yeah. Or unfilled or, or something to be named. There you go. To TBA be named. announced. Right. Yeah. TBA. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of that going on. So this should be no surprise to anybody that there's a teacher shortage. No, it shouldn't. Especially with all the, yeah, all the shit that's been happening. It seems like it kind of goes in waves. Like there's a teaching shortage and then they do something about it. And then there's more teachers and then there's layoffs and then there's yeah teacher shortage that's the roller coaster they, yeah. they hire unqualified people to become teachers to fill those positions and then they leave yeah and then you're back to your teacher shortage again i thought uh, something that i thought was kind of interesting though um the american association for colleges um for teacher education they they said in an article i was reading that part of the problem is teaching used to be a, a well it still is mostly female dominated profession Mm-hmm. And nowadays, um, for example, they said that the education degrees in 1970s, there was like 200,000 degrees being awarded for education in the 1970s. But in 2019, there are now less than 90,000 awarded. And this decline, they said, corresponds with a rise in degrees that are being offered in other fields of study. And also the drop in teaching degrees, they said, has to do with the fact that more women have more opportunities offered to them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't have to be a teacher or a nurse yeah. or a secretary. Secretary. Yeah. Wasn't that kind of like what your guidance counselor kind of guided you to? It seemed like it was for me. I remember my guidance counselor going, oh, what class do you like? And I'm like, oh, I really love biology. He goes, well, you should be a nurse. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want to be a fucking nurse. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. I mean, there's there's a lot of um, gender bias then too against women. Still is. They were saying that 36 percent of all bachelor's degrees earned by women in 1970 71 were in education. 36 percent, but by by 2018 2019, only six percent of bachelor's degree were awarded to women in education field. That's a huge drop. Mm-hmm. That's big. One out of 10 schools in California have a yearly turnover of 25% or more teachers leaving. That's crazy. 25% uh, of your staff having to be replaced. A lot. How is that good for kids? It's not. You know, and if you think about the money a district invests in onboarding new teachers, you know, with um, coaching or um, in surfacing or just 
all of the stuff that goes with getting a new teacher started and then having them either fail or quit, that's pricey and very expensive for schools. Not to mention the person who's just spent a tuitions full of loans to try to become a teacher and decides, well, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> out of here. So let's talk about some of the reasons now that are actually causing teachers to, or people to abandon the profession or just skip it altogether. Um, and then one of the biggest things is pay. That's yeah, always workload versus pay. I think, I think that is for people skipping. I think that's like the number one reason people are like, yeah, not interested. Yeah. Well, if you look at, if you look at what teachers get paid to begin with compared to other jobs that have similar um education levels it's pretty sad it's really sad oh my gosh 95 percent of elementary middle and high school teachers have a bachelor's degree okay but and their starting salary with a bachelor's degree the median salary is about fifty-three thousand a year for elementary and fifty-seven thousand for high school teachers now if you compare that to similarly educated people who also have bachelor's degrees Here's the, like, for example, biological scientists, same degrees, level of training, 69,000 a year starting. Urban regional planners, 79,000 a year starting. Physical therapists, 81,000 a year starting. Um, statisticians, 96,000 a year starting. Now over uh, one half of elementary and middle school teachers and 58% of high school teachers have graduate degrees, which I don't know how you make it in teaching if you don't have a master's yeah, degree. Yeah, right your salary sucks and it yeah. only gets stuck so bad. So you, if you want to make any kind of career at all out of teaching, you have to have an advanced degree, right? Yes. So people with graduate degrees, um, elementary basically gets 61,000 and high school 64,000 a year starting, right? Well, let's look at it compared to people who also have master's degrees. This is not PhDs, this is like master's degrees, right? They have, um, the judicial law clerk starts around 77,000, biological scientists, 76,000, geoscientists and hydrologists, 111,000 starting salaries for those kind of scientifically based jobs. And it's even, even sad if you look at people who have less education than yeah. teachers. They right? make more. They still make more, like human resources people. Uh, about 19% of them have graduate degrees and they start at about 77,000. Accountants and auditors, um, 84,000 registered nurses, only 12% of registered nurses folks have graduate degrees and they make 82,000. And I don't know about you, but I certainly feel that, um, respect in this profession, in any profession nowadays is tied to how much money you make yeah. and that, you know, um, if we were getting basketball player salaries, then teachers would be getting a lot more respect. And you probably see kids playing school on the playground at recess instead of basketball, <laughs> you know, they'd be trading teacher cards instead of baseball cards. Yeah. But, but remember, uh, that, that, remember that short, that video that those guys did, those comedians did with the uh, key and peel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. If so you haven't seen funny. that, go look it up. That's called the teacher draft. I think it's oh, so you funny. Gotta, you've got to link it in there and the, the notes it's got it. You got to link it. Oh, well, I will link it in our, in our show notes for sure. It's because hysterical. it's true though. It's such a, it's such a commentary about how important salary is low pay reason number one, right? Low pay for sure. And I think, um, another 
thing that happened is just the feeling of being disrespected. I think over the last couple of years, especially since the climate in our country has become so antagonistic, people towards one another, I just feel like now teachers are being really disrespected, put down, accused of doing things um, that that's not happening for political gain. And um, there was a quote from an article called Never Seen It This Bad, America Faces Catastrophic Teacher Shortages. They they talked to Leslie Houston, who's the president of the Fairfax Education Association. And she said um, that she's never seen people leaving the job because they felt disrespected this much. And primarily, she said, by politicians and some parents. But then she, and here's her quote, when people were beating up on teachers and just being real nasty about what we're doing and what we're not doing, I don't think they were really thinking, who will teach my children? And <laughs> seriously, who is going to teach your children when you have all these shortages? Do you know what's coming into the classroom? It's mm-hmm. really, really bad. Unqualified people. Like I said, the ice cream is going to be, ice cream man's going to be in there. <laughs> teaching algebra <laughs> if I have this many if ice creams if a bomb pop costs 49 cents yeah and a snow cone costs 62 cents how long will it take before it drops on the ground <laughs> uh, so low pay is one i think um we're also seeing a huge um burnout issue especially with pandemic last year and teachers totally exhausted and said like somebody said i'm done i can't do this anymore yeah another reason um why they were quitting um a culture war now of what you can and cannot say in classes there's mm-hmm. teachers who are afraid to teach especially right. when it comes to lgbtq rights gender issues um even issues of talking about or addressing racism in our country's past yep. um there's laws being instated about what you can and can't say and what can happen to you if you do say that. I mean, being sued or losing your job. So a lot of people are just like, I'm done. I'm not dealing with that. That's stupid. I can't, with everything else I'm trying to do, I can't deal with that too. Mm-hmm. Even before COVID, um, 90% of teacher positions that were open were the result of teachers leaving the profession. That that number Man, that just surprised me. That's high. Yeah. Yeah, that shocked me too. So so only 10% of the people that left are actually retiring. Everybody right. else is like, fuck this Well, what's shit. that number? What's that number now? That was before COVID. So it's oh, I wonder be more. if it's up. Yeah. I don't know. It might be. Yeah. I'm sure it's up because they're obviously it's in the news now. They're talking about it. Yeah. So, but there's, I, don't, they don't, I don't think they have stats yet, do they? Well, maybe they do. Someone's well, got to have them. I think teachers' workload is another huge issue yeah. that has to deal with what you do. Because if you think about it, um, what do we have, Jen, like 175 kids that we're responsible for. Yep. And we're, day alone, in, day out. we're alone in the classroom and we are expected to get to know every single one of those kids to get to know every single one of their social, emotional needs, to be able to know what they're dealing with, when they're dealing with it, who they're dealing with. We're expected modify to modify lessons to hit each kid, each learning Dif, you know, yeah, modality, differentiation, right. We're supposed to do that. Um, and, and don't forget to communicate and do all the paperwork. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 and go uh, to all the parents. meetings. Yeah. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe in there, you have some time to make some lessons if you want. <laughs> and and don't oh, and forget grade to grade. Them. Yeah. And, grade them. and talk to parents and 
there's just so much more to the job. It's not, I, I think people are under the impression that you go in, you give a lesson and the bell rings at three o'clock and you go home, whoopee, you got summers off, you got vacation time galore, you got benefits. It's a cushy job. Mm-hmm. And the kids do their homework. Oh yeah. And they the are such do what they're angels and they're angels, right? <laughs> you just tell them what to do. They'll do it. Exactly. And you get all that support from home. What a a super easy job. Um, Those are hands down hardest job, right? Hardest job. I've had a lot of different jobs. Holy shit. Definitely the hardest. Yeah. There's just so much expected out of you to get that, to get that job done, to get it done and done right. And if you miss on any of those things, you're chastised, maybe even fired. If you can't do all, do it all. It's no wonder that we lose so many new teachers because this is not something that they tell you about when you're getting your teaching credential, that you have all of these responsibilities to deal with at this time. The national average for public schools for teacher to student ratio is about 15 to one. <laughs> and in the, lo- the lowest state, the state that so has inaccurate. the best- The state that had the lowest was Maine with 11 to one teacher to student ratio. And the highest state, again, whoopee-doo, we win California 22 to one. But uh, apparently those numbers aren't really true. No, because you're not going to, you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to walk into a classroom and find 22 kids in a classroom. What you're going to find is 36 kids and a mm-hmm. teacher who's got a prep period and they've they've rounded all of that into all of the time in class you know and then you've got you've got your sped teacher who walks in and out of different classes and does something but they have a credential so um they get yeah, they you know, get counted, counted in that also but they don't have a class not, of kids yeah but they don't have a class i've been teaching 17 years i've never had a class of 22 not one single dime nope. no freaking way no nope. fact, what did it say our district average was 21 21 21 yeah and what did, how, school how, how many kids did you have in your class last year jen on average um well it would fluctuate but i had you can't have over 175 kids and it always fluctuated between like 173 175 yeah so we're looking at classrooms of 30 or more kids yeah. 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 So that, so when you Easily. are reading those numbers on websites, just remember that that's not accurate. There's not skewed. true picture. It's not a true picture of what's, of what's there. And, and they're purposely like that so that parents and other people don't really, they think it's all wonderful. Right. But it's not like that. Those, those numbers are skewed and not true. So yeah. if you were to go, I, I very seriously doubt, unless you're in some kind of a small private school, if you went into most public schools, you're not going to find most classrooms with 22 or less students in them. No, but it also includes like your mod severe class where you've got five kids. Yeah. Right. So it all right? average, it average. average, right? So it's, it's like, it's like the average house has 2.5 people in it. No, it doesn't. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as average. <laughs> There's yeah. no such thing. Right. So, so keep that in mind when you're looking at numbers of, and thinking that your, your classrooms are all great. Oh no. In our state, it's only, you know, 12 to one. That's great. No, it's not. Go walk into your classrooms and see if there how many classrooms yeah. have 12 to one. So that's part of the teacher workload too. It's just, it's overbearing. And it's going to have more now because they're going to double up classes with teachers yeah, that's in bigger, thing that in bigger places. Yeah. So that moves us right into what are 
what what are um, districts doing in order to meet this student the the teacher crisis? What are they doing in order to make sure there's enough teachers in there? Um, so here's just some of the things that I came across that are that are being done. Um, okay, so Nevada and Clark County, their school district raised teachers' starting salaries by seven thousand dollars a year. And they're offering $4,000 for relocation. So if you're willing to move to Clark County, they'll give you $4,000 extra dollars. And if, as long as it's more than 100 miles, if you're moving from out of state or more than 100 miles, you get $4,000. And if you, if you hang in there, don't leave us. Mm -hmm. Hang in there. We'll give you another $5,000 for staying. So <laughs> How long do you have to stay? Bonus. I don't know. We get 30 days? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good point. Like how many, do you have to stay the whole year? Is it? Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, oh, here it is. I found it. So they get their $5,000. They get, they get uh, 2250 um, for those employed on September 1st. And then they also get 2,500 if they are employed on May 26th. So, so it is to stay. Is that yearly? For one year. It's just this year. It's for one year. It's just, just for this year. See, that's, it's just this that year. Ain't worth it. No, but it might be no. enough to keep you there this year. So if you're oh, but just if, to make yeah. it to the end, I got yeah. It. So if you're there, if you're there and you start right, so you get your what was it, seven thousand dollar increase in pay, and so you're making twelve thousand extra bucks this year. It's a thousand bucks a month. That's helpful. That's mm. helpful. But I don't know if it's enough to keep you there with everything else. That's Right. on your plate right yeah i don't think so not in las vegas no that's that's a that's not a that's not a place where i want to live but if you're thinking of going into teaching folks that might be where you want to go if you're yeah, starting go start <laughs> go start go start Earn a whole bunch of money and start to so save your money go buy a house somewhere else yeah you can buy a house in, you can buy a house in nevada a lot easier than you can buy one in california that's for sure that's for sure yeah but they're also so in the meantime until they get higher teachers and i know um a lot of districts are doing this they're pulling administrators um, from the central office to be subs. They did that for us for a little while in the beginning of the school mm -hmm. year. Um, yeah. And they're also combining, like if they don't have enough teachers, they just combine two classes together and give one teacher that class and put them in a bigger room, like the auditorium. Where the but with no compensation though, those teachers, because that's happened to me before. You I had should to have gotten compensated. Well, you should, have gotten comp you should have gotten compensated because I know someone else at your school that is, has done that and got compensated. You should be getting double pay, shouldn't you? You're doing two yeah. jobs. Yeah, yeah. So you should be should getting be, that should be your job. You're gonna instead of grading 36 kids a class, you're grading 70 some. So that yeah, you should be getting double pay for that. Agreed. In well, it wasn't like I kept them. It was like for the day because I didn't have anybody to cover the classes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You should get sub pay for the day. For yeah. that, yeah, yeah. For, for whatever period. period, whatever period you should have put in a sub card, a time card for it, because you subbed their class that period. You should have gotten paid. Make sure you write that down this year and do it Yep, because it's coming. Um, in Arizona, you're, if you're a college student, you can now be a teacher while you're going to college, I guess. Ooh, um, put them in high school. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, a lot of, a lot of schools are offering online alternatives, right? So maybe they take a couple courses online with, they might be hiring teachers, for example, from wherever, yeah, yeah, like you, you could be taking a math class with a teacher in Chicago, um, you know, that in California, for example. Mm -hmm. So they'll hire, they'll put you in online classes to make up for the teachers they can't find to be in person. So that's 
that's happening. Um, my, my kid's school district has been calling going, don't forget, we've got a full independent study for any high school kid who wants it this year. You know, you can do it all at home. Um, in Texas, they, and I think Colorado is doing this too. They're switching to a four day work week for the academic year. Maybe thinking that. Yeah. Hoping that'll, that'll encourage people like, Oh, cool. Four day week, uh, three day weekend every week. You know, that, that might encourage them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that, that that's why, because I saw it on 60 minutes and it was like, they don't have money. So they're, yeah, you're going to make less. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're not making the, the full salary because they're cutting it off as a four day work week. So then you're not getting paid for that day. And then, um, like some families, they hire like babysitters and then the kids are like in the gym and they get babysat all day for the parents that have to work because they don't go to school on Fridays. I know I it's, it sounds good. I know it's, I would love to have a four day work week, but not at the expense of my salary, but I would, I would think it would have to be the same because you have to have the same number of minutes. So I'm not sure how. No, I don't think so. I think that the, the, the state is changing it just like, just like they changed the, you, you can teach without a teaching credential in some places. And that, that in itself bothers me. Like in, in Florida, for example, um, they're so desperate that they're now allowing military veterans who have at least 60 units of college, edu- uh, college credits. No bachelor's degree. Yeah. They don't have to have a bachelor's degree. They just have to have 60 units. Um, and they have to have served for four years. <laughs> yeah. And they have to have at least a, a 2.5 grade point average. Okay. So I was in combat for four years and I'm going to come back and I'm going to teach elementary school and the kids are going to pop balloons and I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I'll tell you what that, that does bother me because it's, it's like saying that your teaching credential doesn't mean anything. It's a slap in the face. A total slap in the face to the profession. I mean, there you go more down, you know, degrading of people, more disrespect. You would not expect your dentist to just be, if there was a dentist shortage, would you let, you know, Joe blow off the street, scale your teeth? I don't know. Or fill them. Would you, would you want somebody who wasn't trained in, in law, you know, helping you with your cases Mm-mm. in court? I, I mean, it's like the only profession or one, I don't know, maybe I'm being uh, hyper hyperbolic here, but you know, it just seems like one of the only professions where they're like, ah, you don't have to have anybody can teach. And that's just simply not true. Obviously, well, look well, at what the teacher a, yeah. shortage, right? That's a belief, right? Anybody can teach. But look at the teacher shortage. That's that's your uh, evidence right there that no, not everybody can teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's evidence purely the opposite. Yes. All these people are leaving a mass exodus and you think it's easy? <laughs> yes, that's exactly the problem, right? 100%. They're even having trouble getting substitute teachers oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to come in. I mean, um, Wisconsin, they recruited 269 qualified substitute teachers by raising substitute pay rates. That's what you have to do. Otherwise, I mean, you, we all know how important substitute teachers are. There's yes. nothing worse than having some person come into your class when you're out sick or gone or whatever it is and who cannot manage your class at all. They and they sit there on their phone and they go mm-hmm. do your work because they, people believe that that's all you have to do to be in a classroom. And you, then you come back as a teacher, there's all kinds of horrible things that went on. Stuff is missing. The lessons got taught a day was the day was a complete waste of time. Complete waste and of time. You're behind. It's just, it's just awful. It's just awful. So that's, 
some of the things that they're doing, um, as long, you know, raising pay, et cetera. Uh, California is investing a billion dollars in state funds to help better prepare teachers for the profession. So they they're giving out $20,000 scholarships, um, for teacher candidates who commit to teaching for four years in a high need school. That's, that's burnout right there. Yeah. Putting, mm -hmm. a, putting a brand new teacher in a high need school. Yep. That's bad. But you know what they should be doing? It, what they should be doing is taking your most successful, highly qualified teachers, your best teachers should be getting paid to work in schools that are failing because those are the teachers that need to be there, not your new teachers. They should be going to the easy peasy schools until they get one or two years the of experience. teaching under their belt because there's just evidence that says that up until about your teaching improves within the first three years and then pretty much levels off after that. So you need to put veteran teachers in high need schools and pay them. Yeah. Pay there. them to be there. Yeah. You no, know, pay, pay them as they are, pay them for what they are. They are experts, pay them as experts to go into the ghetto cities to go into where there's high needs, pay them to, to work with those kids who so desperately need their expertise. It is a huge mistake to put unexperienced teachers with the hardest kids mm -hmm. back. Yeah. That's why you're going to get teachers that quit. You know, I mean, think about it. And both of you have dealt with, have had the experience to deal with hard kids, kids who are really needy kids who are discipline issues. And you have the experience to be able to qu to quash it, to gain their respect, to be able to make them feel, you know, better about themselves, to deal with them. You put a new teacher in there and there's like somebody just throwing darts at them all day. Right. And well, especially, you know, your credential program, you don't, you're not prepared for that at all. You get none of that. It's like these situations that, you know, when you're going to school to become a teacher, you know, they make you watch these videos. They talk about this class. It's like, I don't even know what fucking planet these classes are on, but the kids are all well-behaved. There's hardly any of them. You know, it's <laughs> it's so unrealistic, you know? And then you put a new teacher in, you know, a hard class and they're like, fuck. But that's hey, what they hey, do. Hey. Yeah. yeah. If you think about it, that's what I'm saying. Who teaches, the, who teaches the honors and AP classes at high schools? The most, the teachers <laughs> the of the veterans, yes. Right? Yep. Those yep. are the teachers that should be teaching the 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 remedial classes, the classes where the kids are really needy and then you put the other teachers, I mean, AP students and honor students, they're so motivated that they could yep. probably teach the class themselves. Yeah. They totally can. So yep. you're, you're putting, totally you're not can. using their expertise where, where it should be placed, which is with those kids who really, really need you really, really need that good teachers. I remember though, like, and this has happened at, at your school, Jen, when I was mm -hmm. at your school um, and having, several teachers come from our school district at a different school that's in mm -hmm. the, the higher socioeconomic part and coming in and and trying to teach the same way yeah and just failing miserably failing. yes people that have you. years and years of teachers experience like you're saying Anne, mm -hmm. and they come in and they just can't they can't do it they, yeah and they end up leaving i know yep i can name some names right now i know exactly yep. what you're talking about yep I'm sure yep. you do. Just struggled the whole time because it was like, oh my gosh, these these kids are bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these yeah. kids are bad. Oh my God, they can't read. Yeah, they can't <laughs> do this. They can't do that. They don't That's listen the sad to me. part, right? At at the school that we taught at, it was a Title I school, majority minority, um, all low-income kids, most of them. And they're tougher. 
And they definitely are. Um, teachers who come from schools where the kids have parent parental support, have more money behind them, have have um, you know more support at home. Those kinds of kids are way easier to deal with. Mm -hmm. You don't yep. have not to say you don't have discipline problems. They do, but it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and so I really feel like the teachers at our school are super qualified and better able to deal with needy children and should be paid for it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're think about it. When people say what, what junior high, if people who are familiar with our district know <laughs> yeah. where you, where you work and they say, well, which junior high are you at? And you're like, oh, I'm at ours. You know, they're the like, oh, like, oh, <laughs> no. Or parents are like, oh, that's a, that's a horrible school. Like, not safe. That's not, yeah. <laughs> So, and it's so not true, but that's the perception. It's yes. just the fact that, 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 that the teachers who teach it at our schools like ours deserve more. I'm sorry. I just feel like that deserve higher pay. Hazard pay. I've got, I've got a friend that teaches junior high and she gets hazard pay. Seriously. And there's, and her, her school isn't any worse than ours. Actually, when we compare stories. Man, my stories always trump hers. <laughs> <laughs> Your stories trump everybody's journey. You oh, just have man. a good way to And they're all, they're all true, though. That's the thing. <laughs> that sucks. They don't call it hazard pay, do they? No, they don't. They don't. What mm -hmm. do they call it? You know what? I'll ask her, but that's exactly what it is. It's it's uh, it's hazard pay. And there's a tricky word. Title one pay. I'll ask her. <laughs> I'll ask her because I know they, they've worded it very cleverly. So, all right, let's talk about then what are ways. How do you fix it? Yeah. So what are some things that, that you could do? Um, the, Give the, the veteran teachers easier classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're doing. <laughs> That's what they're doing. But I, I, um, I was re reading an article put out by the New Teacher Project and some of the things that they, one of the things that they focused on was reducing teacher workload. Because how we're saying it's like our, our job, a teacher's job does not end at three or no. whenever the school bell rings. I mean, at least for me, and I know I Never was has. a looney tune, but I, I would literally go home and work until I went to bed a lot of yeah, so, yeah that so is we, looney tune. <laughs> we need a personal assistant. That's what we need. That's a great yeah, idea. A clerk. But there you go. Let's talk about here what the, what they suggested. They said that, that school leaders should get rid of meetings. And anything that isn't absolutely necessary to be said in person should just be in, via email or some kind of a communication like that. Get rid of teachers' duties. They shouldn't have to have lunchroom duty or Amen recess to duty, that. right? Yeah. Um, they oh. shouldn't, you shouldn't be called because you speak Spanish and the teacher next to you doesn't, you get called in to translate. Professional development that's a big one when people yeah. spend time in professional development. And and some of these professional developments, you know how much money they spend on this stuff? It's Ridiculous. insane for us to sit there. Hey, remember Shweddy Balls? Oh my God. <laughs> that lady we called Shweddy Balls because they... <laughs> do you remember that? Oh my gosh. I, I was all, somebody give me a fork so I can stab myself in the eye so I have something to do. 
So I have something to do, entertain myself. Oh my gosh, that was the worst. And I know for a fact they paid so much money to get that lady there. And it was like, oh, I'm going to. Uh, all you got to do, uh, all you got to do is look at your school board minutes and see how much they pay these people. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. That's what we should be doing. Just so people know what the sweaty balls with reference to is if you look up, I think it's sweaty balls ice cream or something that uh, was with, it was a Saturday Night Live skit, I think. That was their cookies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Saturday Night Live uh, skit with, um, what's his name? Uh, he accidentally shot that person. What's his name? <laughs> um, the actor guy. The actor. Um, yeah, it's slipping my mind too. Br- not Bridges. Was it Bridges? It's the guy who did the Trump thing, wasn't it? The guy who does he, the Trump He might have, but. I can't yeah, think of his name right now. He's been in like a bunch of, he has like a bunch of kids. His wife's really young. His daughter's kind of becoming famous. <laughs> um, but he Anyways, did that you, skit on Saturday Night Live where they were like, oh, yeah. They're talking in really yeah, soft cookies. Like, um, I, I love I love the balls. Yeah, sweaty <laughs> balls. Like so monotone, but everything that they said was like so nasty. It was oh, like my NPR. God, like, a, like a, you know, making fun of NPR. Anyways, that's what sweaty. If you go look it Man, up. I, that's I can go, you know what? Me. I'll put the link into sweaty balls too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put it in. Oh, uh, but that's how that lady talked. I was like, no, absolutely no emotion. Just monotone. And we were like, uh, uh, Bueller, Bueller. It was bad. And here's another thing I think that they recommended that would help out too. How many of you teachers out there have created lesson plans and spent hours creating them, getting the resources, putting it together, and then shared it with everybody else in your department and got nothing back for all that time you did. And everybody else gets the benefit of all that time you spent and you get no compensation for that. (laughs) I've been doing that for the last two days. Right. Yeah. And you're going to give all of that work to somebody else and get no record one, no recognition for it. And two, no, um, compensation for that. So maybe they need to compensate people who are writing lesson plans and giving them to other people. That might be really nice. Um, and they're also talking about, especially nowadays, you know, we're so focused on mental health for students, but yeah, but not for us and teachers need a lot of mental health support as well. Yeah. And you've got to, Increase pay, you know, at least make it comparable to what other, even if we could just go back to the pay that we had 15 years ago, not as in the same number, but oh, as how about, how about we go with that with inflation and have that same, because like in 2010, when we took that huge pay cut, we took 10% pay cut. Mm-hmm. And then we lost those days of, of, um, of teaching. We didn't have any in-service and, you know, all of those things that cut our pay even more. And we've never gotten that increase back Mm-mm. it's never come back nope so every right. year we just keep losing by power losing by power losing by power right i mean how many teachers can't can even afford to live where they work or even buy houses right now I, a, right. a lot of my friends that are teachers like live with extended family right you know they can't afford to buy a home mm-hmm. in that neighborhood where they teach so here's some of our ideas that we came up with why how we could make help teachers want to stay in their job and going off what we were just talking about, why not give teachers housing allowance to live where they near they, where they work, or at least compensate them for how far they have to drive if they're living out of the district. Right. Yes. If, I'm living, if I'm teaching in San Francisco or in Marin, oh God. <laughs> there's no way on my teacher salary, I can afford to live nearby. Yeah. 
So I might be driving an hour or more in traffic, whatever, to get to my job. So if you're not going to compensate me enough to buy or rent a home in that area, then you should at least compensate me for gas, especially nowadays. Right? That would help. Um, how about, I, I always thought this, if you want to keep people in teaching, what if you say that you don't have to pay any taxes, I don't know, state, federal, maybe both, if you stay in the teaching profession for 10 years? Done. No more taxes. Done. Wouldn't that be great? And then yeah. you know, if you left the profession, okay, then you start paying taxes again. But if you stay in mm -hmm. teaching after 10 years, you have no more state or federal taxes. Right. They need some, they need more carrots because right now the bunny is starving, man. Seriously. <laughs> Serious. A poor little bunny. Mm. No, that's a dog. <laughs> but taxes, let's talk about taxes for a minute. Why do we pay taxes? Like, aren't our salaries paid by taxes? We're paid by taxes and we pay taxes. We pay taxes. We pay taxes on our tax salary. It's never yeah, made any sense to me. Salary. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. If we're getting paid from taxes, why are we paying taxes? That doesn't make any sense. Well, then I guess if you're going to, if you're going to use that logic, then anyone who's a state employee shouldn't have to pay state shouldn't taxes. Have to pay taxes. Good. Fantastic. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So if you're a police officer, firefighter. Yep work for the post office or any yep. of those other whatever state agencies, right. even federal agencies after 10 years, I think that would be a really good, nice incentive, wouldn't it? Right. Yep. Yeah. I know that you got to that point, boy, you're now you have, you don't have your tax free. You don't pay any more taxes. That'd be great. That would How be about, pretty um, awesome. Another big one is what it costs to become a teacher. Mm -hmm. Why not have automatic loan forgiveness if you stay in the profession for like, like five years or something. Five years. Your loans are forgiven if, if you stay in the profession for that long. Fabulous. You know, um, that would be I'm still waiting. I'm still day. waiting for my loans to be forgiven. Please, 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 please. I know. Please I turned in the paper. I've already turned in the paperwork twice. I've done it three times. <laughs> no response. <laughs> and how long have you been teaching? How long have you been teaching? 17 years. Six years. 26. So I mean, I'd say you guys are in it for the long haul, at least at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. shouldn't your dedication to the profession be rewarded? That's what be nice. oh, I stayed there for 36 years and you know what I got? I got Nothing. a pin. She got a I got pin. A pin. I got a certificate that said, thank you for 36 years. I got a little glass um, paperweight that said, thank you for 36 years. And those. Um, yeah, that pins, paperweight the is meant to use to be to break the bank window so you can fucking rob the bank. And that's what that paperweight's for, because now you're screwed. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah, it's Ugh. true. And you know where the, the pin and the paperweight were? I mean, not the paperweight, the pin and my certificate were in my mailbox. I had to go find it. Nobody even gave it mm. to me. That's Jeez. the thing. God, that's horrible. Isn't that that's so why horrible? Why did the superintendent come around and to you in your classroom and be like, wow, I, it's such a pleasure to like see you work after all of this dedication. You've done more than half of your life has been spent in this one building. Well, think about it. <laughs> That's what my half my life, my God, it feels like my whole life. The if you think about it, what is there, what kind of advancement is there for a teacher? There really isn't, unless you want to go into admin. Once you reach the top of your pay scale, that's it. Yeah, but then if you if you want to advance, now you got to go back to school and get another credential. Yeah. Right. There's just it's, barfed in my mouth. It's a profession where you're you're basically the only accolades you get are somebody, if they're even paying attention, maybe a pat on the back. Somebody, I was listening to somebody Attaboy. said they felt like a puppy that that's how they got rewarded was good boy. Good girl. Thanks for doing that. 
you know, and that's about all you get out of teaching. Oh, maybe your um, principal buys you donuts. Thanks for showing up for donuts. <laughs> but then why did they always buy such shit food? Because like, donuts. Because teachers love shit food. Come on, let's look at the teachers lounge. Look what's in there all the time. I know, but that sucks. Like, can't you like change it up and get us like I don't know. I what mean, do you want? A fruit tray? You got Jamba juice, Jamba <laughs> juice, and and Starbucks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> i mean All you have, to be, you have to be careful too at the same time i mean do you do you is do we want to make teaching a meritocracy you know where your test mm-hmm. scores are higher than the teacher whose test score you know who you teach with you know my english student scores are higher than my other english teacher scores so i'm going to get rewarded with more money no yeah i mean well that's no. not fair because There's, they don't equally yeah. place the kids look right. at sharon this year's got no special needs kids that would automatically raise your score. That automatically you know I mean? a better teacher. Yep. Yeah, yeah, better. which makes you a better teacher, I guess. I'm better now. <laughs> yeah, you're more better. Oh my god! So yeah, that's uh, another thing, right? Um, how about um, when you retire? Benefits forever. Yes. Why not? Yes. Why, right now, okay. I get to keep my benefits. I get to keep my health benefits and dental benefits until I'm 65. After that, I have to go on what Medicaid or Medicare or whatever it is. Um, and then I have to start, you know, paying for it. Now, I don't think it's, why would it it be, would it be unreasonable? I guess it's expensive, but to keep your medical benefits forever, you know, or, yeah, or at least it's when increase. you retire is when you actually later are going to start. Yes, that's them. when you need it the most, right? Mine, I know. That's the thing. My Like my sister, she retired from Kaiser. And she, she has medical benefits for the rest of her life through the, through Kaiser. Um, I mean, wh- why, why not reward teachers for sticking with it and making a career out of it by letting them keep their medical benefits mm-hmm. for life? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all, you have to think about they're We're also burnt out by the time we're done with teaching. We're going to die soon anyway. So it probably isn't as expensive as you think. I agree because you've been dealing with stress. Yes, yes. So why not keep our medical benefits? You know, um, I talked to one teacher who retired. She's like, "Hurry up and get all your dental work done before sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> you need those there. implants. Get them done soon." Um. How about uh, we increase salaries to become competitive with jobs that are the same education requirements? At least yeah, parity increase that. them a lot. You know, like at least that, that would be, that'd be crazy. Crazy, ridiculously, awesome, but... totally logical. Yeah, which will <laughs> never happen because it's logical. Yeah, that'll never happen. Well, none of this will ever happen, <laughs> but this is what would work. <laughs> <laughs> staying with pay and we kind of touched on this earlier why not pay teachers more who work it for in challenging environments you know, I mean, yeah if you, if you pay teachers significantly more to go into hard harder areas um one you're going to get higher quality teachers who want to teach there mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to see improvement in the school over time so it's probably not going to stay a low a low a low performing school so that investment in teacher salaries is really an investment in it is. improvement. So that would be one thing is pay those teachers who are willing to work with challenging kids, give them the support they need, give them the training they need, give them the school personnel they need, and then pay them 
to be in those schools. And I get, I bet you'd see a turnaround in those schools fast, For faster. Sure. Um, I don't know good how you idea. What's that? That's a good idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you do this one, but how do you increase respect for teachers? This is, how do you increase the respect for the profession? That's a major thing. Know. Pay them, pay them think, more. Like you said like, before, it's it's all related to how much money you make. The more yeah. money you make, more people value you. Right, which is, which stupid, is but yeah, that's stuff. what they do. It's really not a good a good thing. And you're you're clicking your mic again, Sharon. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> there it is. A big click. Big click. Okay, here, I, I got it. I'm holding it now. It was okay. on the shirt. Um. Okay. So that's one. Um. How about we stop politicizing education? <laughs> That's a hard one, especially now, yeah. because um, the you can use that as a scare tactic to get people to vote for you. Yeah. I don't know how you take that advantage away, but again, it's people are not educated enough to know the facts. Um, they just listen without exploring information on their own. I don't know. That's t I think those are two big ones. Mm -hmm. Increase respect and stop politicizing education. Yep leave it out, leave it out of that. There's, there's nothing sinister going on, folks. Go sit in your kid's classroom. Yeah. yeah. Go to school. Right. Go look yeah. for yourself. Go check it out. You know, so and, on, uh... and, and in the odd, in the odd situation where you might find something that's a little off, that's not the majority, that's the exception. And every profession has exceptions to their qualities of standards. That's so true. you can't say that it's running rampant in education. It just isn't there. So uh, this woman, I think it's a woman, this person, I'm just going to say, uh, Joe Lampert on, I think it's Instagram. I'm not sure. Says there's no teacher shortage. There are thousands of qualified, experienced teachers who are no longer teaching. Right. There's a shortage <laughs> of risk. There's a shortage of respect and proper compensation for teachers, allowing them to actually teach. Bam. Boom. That's, that's the it. Best that's, that's a it. good Drop point. It. There is no teacher shortage, just a shortage of teachers who, who are qualified, who want to teach. Right. Yep. It's like, I was just telling you, I was listening to this woman's podcast who, um, her, her whole podcast is how to take teachers who are, you know, how a teacher who's burnt out can leverage their skills into a new job. <laughs> so, you know, it's all about getting qualified, highly trained teachers who are now disillusioned with the profession and showing them how they can make a gazillion dollars doing something else and work on their own time. So yeah, higher pay, more respect, stop politicizing education. How about as you're teaching, you're yes. going through teaching school, why not pay student teachers? So yes. That they can actually I can't believe they have to, they have to do all spend all that time in someone else's class and never get paid for any of it. It's like 15 weeks paid. or something like that. Oh, you know what? That's why I still have a student loan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to take out my first student loan, student teaching. Right. Because I I couldn't work. I had no, I couldn't keep a job and do my student teaching. And that's crazy. Six years later, they don't get I'm paid for still that. paying on it. Okay. Yep, yeah, we're not talking, we're not talking a full teacher salary, but enough so that they no, can subsist. Yeah. And and so many people have to work while they're um work while they're going to college and that right like, you're when going, are they going to do that if they're student teaching for free all day then you have all your schoolwork and then you've got to have some kind of a you know part-time or full-time job just to support yourself and live that shit's crazy they need yep. to be paying student teaching 
And I think there are universities now that have started to instigate um, programs yes. like that. that are Remember paying. when we did our, we talked about our t- credentialing program. We talked about that in, our, in that podcast. Yeah. So there are people about some who of are, those. There, it's moving slowly in that direction, shall we say. Um, how about maternity leave? Yeah. Or just family leave, even for the males. Like when you have a, a child, like there's no disability insurance. We don't have disability insurance. Right. So like in order to have disability insurance, like you have to pay for it. So like I pay for my own disability insurance and it gets deducted from my check every month and they're a fucking pain in the ass to collect from. Okay. Mm. And then, and then, so when you have a baby, you have to use up all your sick days and then you go like a week without pay and then they'll kick in your disability insurance and then you use your disability insurance and then you go back to work. Well, now you don't have any sick days and your kid gets sick. Well, mm-hmm. then what do you do? Now you have to take off four days, but now in order to take off those four days, because your kid's sick, you actually have to pay the stuff yeah. to be in your classroom. Mm-hmm. So now I'm paying someone in my classroom to be there because I can't be there because I used up all my sick days because I was pregnant, but you wouldn't let me just go on disability and have my sick days later. Exactly. That makes no sense. No, it makes sense. no sense. Right. It's not fair. It's kind of biased against people who decide to have children. Right. It's almost like a, like a, like a penalty. Yep. It totally is. Because how long ago, so now it's been 17 years since I had my last child and I have never accumulated sick days, except when we were teaching from home Yeah, and everybody was home and nobody got sick. <laughs> it's the yeah. only time. And then of course I had my accident last year. So I used them all up again. So now I'm back <laughs> to none. Right. So, I mean, if you have a family and if you, you are going to need sick days to take care of your kids, just yep bottom line but so but if you're but if maternity leave has eaten all of that up then you know you're screwed so that's that would be a thing i think if you was paid maternity leave that didn't eat your sick days separate from your sick days you had that you know um and along with disability insurance um how about we talked about this too giving a housing allowance or paying uh mileage if you have to live outside of your uh district um, smaller class sizes. Man, that would be awesome. amazing. Well, that remember when they smaller did class that? Sizes you know how though. much work I could get done with these kids if I had smaller class sizes? Ooh. Smaller class sizes means more teacher shortage. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly yeah, what I was going to say. Let's add more to teachers. the shortage. Smaller class sizes. <laughs> well, remember, remember when they when California instated the, what was it? 20 to one maximum for K123 and yeah. they rolled it out and they had all these teachers that weren't qualified teaching you know, cause they had to just hire a bunch of people, Whoever. but I tell you what, it didn't matter. It t- didn't matter, but they caught up because, well, they did it kindergarten, right. And then they did first grade and then they did second grade and then they did third grade. And when those kids came to us, those kindergartners, mm-hmm. when Heather was working at the school mm-hmm. and when we got those kids, we're like, wow, why are these kids? So why is this year so much easier? Why are these kids? Better they prepared? Had that. Yeah. And that's what we did. We looked back and they were the first group that got that 20 to one. And then they also got 20 to one in ninth grade. Those really? guys. Those, Is that still yeah. in or they roll that? No, back? no, that's gone. It's gone. 10 years ago when everybody took a 10% pay cut, everybody lost their class size reduction. It's just so frustrating. It's just so frustrating because people want to bag on education all the time. 
And they don't realize that the, it's those powers that be have just kind of shot us in the foot. No, I mean, mm. what do you expect of public education if that's how you treat your professionals who are running it or who are supposed to be administering it? You know, um, another thing we thought about was the just the workload of having being reduced by having team teaching, like another teacher that you're actually working with and sharing a classroom with. Or our personal assistant, our clerk. Love that idea. Yeah. That teaching clerk. Fantastic idea. Love that yeah. idea. You know, and, but the, the same that, one, not a different one right. each period, the same right. one. Right. And then you get to hire. And you get to hire. You get to hire. Yeah. Somebody who's assigned to you, you are, yeah. they are your personal assistant. Yeah. Not, you know like, what? I, I have to tell you, this is one thing that happens at the high school that does not happen at the junior high that, well, you talked about duty because I don't have duty. So that's an am amazing help. Nice. Right. I don't have that. I mean, there's uh, adjunct duties that you have to sign up for, like, you know, sporting events, you know, the same thing that you guys yeah. do with the points. Um, but it's not like I don't have after school duty, bus duty or anything like that. Ugh. But I also we also have a copy lady. I can a email what? her. I can email her. Hey, you know, um, can I please have 180 of these copies by Wednesday? She'll wow. photocopy them. She'll hole punch them. She'll staple them. She'll put them on any color paper I want. And I go pick it up. That's pretty sweet. I, I did not make, I did not make any copies at all last year. Not one. It was like, it's like May. They had to show me where the copy room was. <laughs> oh my, uh, <laughs> wait, where's the copy? Cause we got new copy machines and they didn't work for a while. So I was like, wait, where's the copy machine? How do I get in there? How do I use this machine? Oh yeah. Brilliant. Every, you sh everybody should have one. Workload Jeez. aside. I mean, workload aside and the ease of having a, like a quote unquote assistant to help you. It's just nice to have somebody else to commiserate with. Right. You know, or somebody else you can roll your eyes ideas. at and with something yeah. else. I mean, I think just for morale, having yep. another person in your classroom sometimes is so beneficial. Yeah. You know, somebody who, if you're having a hard time, they can intervene and help you get through whatever issue it is. Like if a student's really being disruptive, that other person could intercede and, yes. and that, and you know, you take know that what? pressure off. And you can what? go to the bathroom. Yes. Yeah, the bathroom. Oh my God. And a benefit of that too is, I mean, come on, how many IEPs do we have to sit in each year? Right. And I've always in the, you know, the one or two classes that I had my aide, right. My paraprofessional, um, you know, she's been jumping in into the IEPs too. And it, it's, it, you know, it, it backs me up and it, and it, you know, more information. It's just, it's just good all the way around, you know? I don't know. I think that's a great one. Having a, uh, an assistant plus, yes. I mean, all of this stuff. Okay. So the biggest pushback you're going to get is all of this stuff we've talked about is expensive Cost money, expensive. Yeah. Right. And it has to come down to what are we, what is our, what are we, what's important is, is educating our kids important? You know, what, what, where do you want to spend your money? education? Then you got to fund yeah. education. Yes. And, or, and, or do you want beautiful roads with no potholes? <laughs> well, that's important too. Yes, but not as yeah. important as education. But it's but there every politician who's ever gone for elections always like I'm the education person, and then nothing ever happens. Nothing. I think for all of this, all of these things to happen would definitely increase the the desirability or the desire of of people wanting to go into teaching the attractiveness much more, oh, there you go attractive. <laughs> yeah we make that it's attractive yes because it would make it so much 
like competitive um, with other professions um, and bring more respect to the profession um, as well. I think you would find a lot more people wanting to sign up to do the work if they could do some of these of these things. And I think if you had a really um, progressive, thoughtful leader that they could look at budgets and figure out where they could fix the, where is this money going? Cause I, there, my, my boyfriend always says California lottery or the lottery, isn't that money oh, yeah. supposed to be going to schools? <laughs> where is all that money? Mm. You know, where so I think there, I know, I think there's ways that you can, um, that they could be funded, that they could do these things and make it really work. Um, property taxes need to be administered equally across the board or, you know, or instead of being your property tax goes to your neighborhood, it should be given to the neighborhoods that need it more and pay those people more. And that should be, that's how the benefit should be done. It shouldn't be based on where you live because that automatically makes the high income areas have better schools and the low income areas have worse and worse schools because of the property mm -hmm. taxes aren't the same. So it doesn't make sense to do property taxes like that either. So there's different ways that they could change the funding in order to make some of these things happen and make teaching the prestigious job that it is and bring that prestige to the public's eye too and bring it back. I think you'd find the quality of education would improve, um, schools would improve, um, graduation rates would improve, and and the overall economy would improve as well once you could fix it so that you were actually getting high quality people into the profession and not so many high quality people leaving the profession. Okay. That's it. Amen. okay goodbye. That's all. Amen. Mic drop. <laughs> drop. That was a, that was a good, that was a good wrap up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I don't know how far this will get. This, I always wonder this stuff needs to get to certain ear ears. So if you're listening today and some of the stuff we said makes sense to you, Maybe you could drop a little note to your politicians or the leaders in your area and say, hey, hey, here's some ideas that we need to look at in order to bring great talent back into our classrooms. Um, make sure you let them know that you heard it here. Transparency and teaching. Because yeah, that's, yeah. that's who we are and we got it going on. So anyway, anything <laughs> else you want to add to that? You should, yeah, you should email this when we're done and you should email it to, to Tony Thurman. I should, we should just make a list. We should just get a petition and then put all this, all that stuff that we have. Send on it that to list. Governor Newsom. Yeah. And say, Hey dude, you want to solve the education crisis? Here you go. You want to bring in good quality teachers here? you uh, go. Yeah. Hey, maybe we should do that. Hey, let's make the shortage bigger. Pay us to be on your panel. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it down by three income. more teachers. <laughs> oh I know it's, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I feel so sad for our profession because I loved being a teacher. I really did. I like the, I like the, uh, romantic version of it where, where the kids yeah. are great and the, and the relationships are good and you're building the future. It's all the other bull shit that's come through over time that has made it not the profession yeah. that it should be or could be. Um, we should have people clamoring to get into the classroom. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be clamoring to be a basketball player. It should be clamoring to be a teacher. You're clamoring to get out. That's Just... what they're doing now. Obviously. Yes. All right. Counting I know you days. guys are probably clamoring to get out of this podcast so you can go do something else. <laughs> <You're talking. laughs> are we saying goodbye? 
I guess we should be saying goodbye. So I hope you got something out of this today. I know I felt good getting to talk about this and put mm -hmm. those ideas out there today. And we'd really appreciate your support. A real problem. Yep. Pass this along to all your teacher friends. The more people who can start pushing for change, the better, the more chance you have of your voice getting heard and our profession changing. So don't forget to tell people to listen to Transparency in Teaching and visit us at transparencyinteaching.com. Add your comments. Please comment. Uh, let us know how you feel. What are your suggestions? What would make your life easier as a teacher? What's working for you? What isn't? Um, somebody's got to speak up. And I feel like um, we have unions, but even them nowadays, I don't think they're pushing like these kinds of things as much as they could be. So anyways, ladies, thanks for hanging out today and we'll catch up next time in about two weeks. We'll have another great episode out. So until then, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye, Nora. Bye. See ya, Nora. Bye.